With Dalvin Cook's release, Alexander Madison has the opportunity of a lifetime. And there's a lot that led to this moment that he can finally pay off. Let's get into it. You like that on three, one, two, three. You, like you are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Luke Braun, and let's find some joy today. You can find the Locked On Vikings podcast wherever you find your favorite shows, uh, be it an audio podcast app, uh, YouTube, even Amazon Fire and Roku. Just download the Locked On Minnesota Sports app. Thank you so much to all of my hashtag everydayers, those of you who do listen to this show each and every day. I appreciate you so much. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. Today on the show is Alexander Madison Day. Since he's RB1 now, de facto RB1, barring some kind of miracle in camp, uh, of course, like injury or whatever, um, he's the guy. And what that means for the Vikings is, I mean, they're going to have him as a third down back, right? And um, what I want to do today is sort of prove that he's the guy. Because I think a lot of people, we get this thing going where as soon as the run, like if the run game has a bad game, everybody and their mother is going to be like, why doesn't Ty Chandler get more reps? Why doesn't Kenny Wongu get more reps? I mean, we did it last year, right? With the When the run game was struggling, it was Dalvin Cook, four-time Pro Bowler, and we're going, is Alexander Madison better? And it's just the thing we do for the backup. Backup quarterback, starting quarterback struggles. You're going, you know, Tavares Jackson struggling. You're going, could we maybe put Brad Johnson in? Like, it's just what we always do. And I, I want to fight against that because I don't think that that's correct. I think it's very clear that Alexander Madison is the best running back on the Vikings. Um, and you would think that that's a given, but it's not. So we'll start with that. But then also, I think it's worth doing the Everman series on Alexander Madison today now that it's you know, his time to shine. Um, but what I really want to drive home with Madison is that, look, I don't think he ran the same 40 that like Kenny Wong has. I think there's there's athleticisms that Ty Chandler has that Alexander Madison couldn't recreate. But Madison is the most sound running back. Playing running back is not just being an athlete. There are a lot of very good tested athletes that flame out at running back. The biggest thing, and I, I did an episode earlier in the off season when I was on vacation and I, and I'd like pre-recorded a bunch of them was how to scout running backs. And I probably would amend that a little bit now, just having learned a little bit more throughout draft season. But, um, the, four there are four running back things that I want to, really focus on and it's vision burst pass pro pass catching. Those are the four things with running backs that really get me. Um, you know, if you can make a bunch of missed tackles, that's all great. But I think a lot of that can be fool's gold sometimes. Cause by the time you're breaking tackles in the open field, the play already kind of worked. Um, which is part of the reason that I like, wasn't as high on B. John Robinson as everybody else. I thought a lot of his production, a lot of his really exciting stuff happened 
in that context, which I don't think leads to sustainable production as as much. And Bijan, I mean, still my RB one. Don't 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 get mad at me. But um, you know, that was part of the reason why I wasn't quite as enamored with all those crazy highlights because they always happen in one on one situations, and that's not really where the your bread gets buttered as a running back. So for Madison, what I'm looking for with vision, and uh, there's so much made out of Alexander Madison's vision. Here's what I want you to do. Go look at a Madison run, any old run, and watch his eyes. Do his eyes lock in somewhere? Or, you know, you can see it, especially on outside zone runs, which the Vikings ran a ton of. Um, so it shouldn't be that hard to find a rep. You can see his eyes. Look at the helmet. Look at the horns on the helmet. That can help you tell wh where his eyes are. He will go across each gap really, really, really quickly. He'll be on his third read by the time he gets the ball. And that's the expectation for a running back um, is, is to be that fast at running, at, at, at reading and being able to process that visual information really quickly. One of the harder positions in that regard, I think, because you have to process so much information basically immediately. Um, and Alexander Madison can do it and, and then, you know, make the decision there. And the the other point that I was making is that he was a little bit less greedy uh, last year than he had been in the past, which makes for a very good um, improvement, I think. But I, I would even stop using the word greedy, I think. And really, Alexander Madison bounced the ball too much. So if you know the words of zone running... Um, Bend, bang, and bounce. Those are the ways to do it. But I, I wouldn't even try to think of it in those words. When it comes to the way the Vikings were running zone, which was mid-zone, so not quite full, wide, outside zone, but mid-zone, you aim at the rear end of the play side tackle, uh, or tight end, I think, if there's a tight, if you're running strong side. Um, but usually there's a lead blocker on that, so the read's different. You just follow the lead blocker when there's a lead blocker. Um, so think about it like outside zone weak, just the tackle over there, right? No tight end, no fullback, no fancy stuff. Just we're running outside zone. And there's a tackle. He's the first guy. You run at his butt, and then uh, you either bounce the, the ball to the outside, if the outside is there, and otherwise you kind of read back along. You read the gap inside him, and then the next one over, and the next one over, and the next one over. And you can see him process this all really quickly nowadays. But earlier in his career, you know, you would see Dalvin Cook take those bounce reads when they weren't really there and just get it anyways. Cause he was just insane. Right. And so the tackle didn't even really have to like win, overtake the outside shoulder of the defensive end. He could kind of lose his block and Dalvin cook wouldn't make it not matter. And that therein lied the value of Dalvin cook. But, um, Madison would try to do the same thing too, but he didn't have that same skill. And so he would get himself, you know, lost for negative runs. He would do bozo stuff and it, and it didn't work out. And I, I said it a lot. It was like, stop trying to be Dalvin Cook. You're not Dalvin Cook. Um, and I think it's just a matter of sort of reorienting what a bounce read is. And in the Kubiak version of zone that Madison had been working with, those bounce reads were based on a different thing. Because in that inside zone, um, you're aiming at the three technique, basically. You're aiming at a defensive tackle, at a defensive player, and then if he goes to the inside, you go to the outside. And so that might even have been the right read, but the outside isn't there. And really what you have to do then is kind of find the gap in between. There's a there's a difference in in that read where you're you're reading inside out on 
inside zone. You're you're starting up maybe an A gap, B gap, wherever that that defensive tackle is, and then you're working your way back outside. So if you don't think that that you, you don't want to just go and take your you know four yards in a cloud of dust, and you think you can take it, you're going to move off of that responsible decision and go to the outside where it's a little less responsible. In outside zone, it's kind of the same thing where, hey, that out, that bounce read isn't quite perfect. Do I think I can do better? I'll move on. But moving on, you're moving to something a little bit more responsible. Um, so maybe being a choosy gap reader like fits with Alexander Madison in a way that makes him a little bit more responsible, a little bit more conservative, but a little bit more consistent. And I think that that's good on the whole. Um, that's just amusing on, on, on gap reads and stuff. Uh, but what I'll say is with, with Chandler and Wong Wu, and I have a Patreon post to this effect coming soon. Kenny Wong Wu's eyes are very slow. He makes those same reads, but it's very, very, very slow. He's two, three steps into the play before he's on his third read. That's too long. You're too deep into the play. Now, by the time you've read the play, you're already, you've run too close to the defenders and now you've screwed yourself up. Um, and with Chandler, I think there that his feet are wasteful. That's going to be the word. He's got wasteful feet. Um, he's got a jump cut that he loves to use, but it requires him to like lurch all the way to stop his whole momentum. And his feet aren't choppy and smooth, which could be drilled. And, and that's absolutely, the, I mean, I'm, I'm basing this off mostly preseason tape. So who knows how much he's come along as a running back in the last calendar year. Uh, and by the time we see that, that's going to be something I'm looking for. So I'm with Wang Wu, I'm going to be looking for how fast do you read with Chandler? I'm going to be looking at how smooth his feet are, but those are both problems that Alexander Madison does not share. And until those guys can kind of overcome their own hurdles, I don't really see a serious argument for Alexander Madison not being RB1. Um, I am saying this now in June to preempt. I know by week three, we're going to have people going, why isn't so-and-so getting more reps? Um, and of course, Dwayne McBride is the wild card in all of this, but he's still hasn't practiced because he's been dealing with that hamstring he got from college. Um, but once we are, you know, in week three, I don't want to hear why isn't Ty Chandler playing? Because if you do hear that, come back to this episode from June, go link it to him and say, we, we, we've known this. Uh, so. The rest of the show uh, is going to be the Everman series entry for Alexander Madison. We've actually already done Chandler and Wong Wu, uh, but now it's time for Alexander Madison's story, which is kind of a doozy of one. It's There's a lot to learn, I think, from who Alexander Madison is as a person, uh, and, and a lot that you and I, just as passive observers, can gain from getting to know him a little better. Before I do that, though, I would like to talk to you about America's number one sports book, it is FanDuel, and what a great time to bet on uh, the final couple of games here in the NBA and NHL Finals. You can also go bet on baseball games. You can bet on NFL Futures. If you are new to Grambling, you can go to FanDuel.com slash on and get signed up, and you get a no-sweat-first bet up to $2,500. That is $2,500, $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel has awesome promotions every day. Their app is safe, secure, and super easy to use, and they pay out instantly when you win. And hey, you even get bonus bets when you lose if you are a first-time sign-up and you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to get that no-sweat-first bet up to 2500 bucks 
in bonus bets back. Once again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Hey, thanks again to all of my hashtag everydayers who listen to this show each and every day. And some of you are even patrons as well. If you are not, go join. Patreon.com slash NFL is my page where I will do film versions of a lot of the takes that I do on uh, this podcast. I'll actually do tape, break it down. I can do that on Patreon. Um, and most of the time, videos will be made public eventually. So you don't even have to join, but I would be very grateful if you did. Um, before I get into Alexander Madison's Everyman thing, there was, there was one other thing about Wang Wu and Chandler that I wanted to mention. Um, so I, I talked about like the four things, but I didn't talk about like pass catching or pass blocking at all. Uh, Chandler in pass pro really plus in college. Um, both these guys can catch passes fine and, 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 you know, make plays in space and all that stuff. So I think both of them check that box well enough. So you could see Chandler is maybe like a third and long kind of back. Uh, and for Wong Wu, because of that slow eyes thing, I want to give him easier reads. And in my opinion, when there's a lead blocker, those reads, it's kind of follow the guy, right? And then, you know, maybe pick one gap or another inside, uh, uh, inside or outside of him. But it's a little bit, it requires processing but not as fast of processing and you know the the run play that requires the slowest processing is a kick return <laughs> which is part of why uh i think that you know that whole thing with wong Wu won't show up on kick returns at all it's just about speed and wong Wu has that in spades so i, I could see a lot of more of the like lead plays being a, a wong Wu thing and then with alexander madison you kind of have access to the whole playbook maybe that's how this works out and if you don't ever want to have a running back that, you know, you don't have the access to the whole playbook with, then maybe that's where Wong Wu just doesn't get any run reps, which is absolutely a possibility if he gets beat out by Chandler and McBride and he's end up ends up at RB4 and he's just a special teamer. Could happen, right? Um, but anyways, let's uh, slow things down a little bit. I want to take you to San Bernardino, California. I think it'd be about around 2004. Alexander Madison is just six years old. And he's playing football for the first time in like a youth program. Uh, and he's the biggest kid on the field. He was just real big as a kid. So they put him at offensive line. Unbeknownst to anybody, he really wants to be a running back. But he's a little bit of a shy kid. He's not the boisterous kind of look at me. He's, he's a little shyer. And so it takes him some time to work up the courage to go up and ask coach and say, hey, can I play running back? And at that level, coach is like, yeah, you, these kids can play whatever they want, right? It's supposed to be fun. It's not that serious. So, yeah, you can play running back. Um, and so to prepare for that, when he finally did get up the courage to ask for it, uh, he would carry a football with him everywhere he went, walking around the house, going into the car to go to the barbershop, all of this stuff. And his family his two brothers he's got two older brothers that are twins uh and his mom and his dad would like try to snatch it from him and like hit it out of his hands and stuff no you know you can't do it uh he would just walk around like that and it paid off with you know really really sure hands throughout all of his youth career uh in his high school college all of that but the reason i start with that anecdote is because i think it gives you a really good sense of alexander madison as very much an elbow grease guy uh, uh, you know, I'm just going to outwork you and, and the constant nature of it, that every moment is dedicated to this, to finding success in, in, in football, setting yourself up for success in adult life and all that. Every moment is dedicated to that. You know, yeah, we're just sitting, it's movie night. We're just watching a movie, but I'm holding the ball and I'm, and I'm getting something done. 
and that that sense of of not a moment wasted is who he's been since he is a kid. Nobody asked him to do that. That was just what he wanted to be. But also to illustrate the support system that Alexander Madison has had. Um, they are the Madisons are a tight knit family, and they will do that kind of thing for each other. Where hey, Alex is trying out for running back, and he and you know we have to play this game for him all the time, and and the brothers and mom and dad, everybody's going to be involved with it. Everybody is there for each other all the time. This really tight knit family. And that is extremely important when you grow up in San Bernardino, California, which is not a good neighborhood. Uh, that is one of the highest like crime rate neighborhoods out there. There's gang activity. There's all of that. And that means that there's a lot of ways for a kid to be steered off course. Um, when you're young and impressionable and what are your friends doing and all that stuff, there's all these opportunities, temptations to take you off of that course. And Alexander Madison credits a lot to his parents for helping him kind of stay on the straight and narrow and not fall into that cycle that so many kids from areas like that fall into. Um, I remember... When I did the history doc, patreon.com slash NFL, I actually put a picture of Alexander Madison in, a shot of him, uh, when I was talking about kids who come from these kinds of neighborhoods, and I was talking about Randy Moss and Chris Carter, who had similar sorts of challenges. Um, not exactly the same, but similar areas of the country. And the, the things that are working against you, you really are swimming upstream when you grow up in this kind of place. Um, but it wasn't just living in a rough neighborhood. It was also, at times, financial struggles, and they actually experienced homelessness a couple of times. Uh, in those times, they went and stayed at, I think, a, an aunt or uncle's place, and the parents would make it like a slumber party, was how they would sell it. And and their whole thing is like, look, kids need to be able to be kids, Right. And we don't want, what we're going through is really serious. We don't want them to have to like grow up before they're ready to, right? That's, that's the nightmare. You want your kids to have a childhood. And so they worked really hard for that. But they also, I mean, they rode these kids real hard too. Because, you know, the, the, the dream of playing football was kind of always there for, for Alexander Madison. But it was also, you know, hey, homework comes before practice. And they were so strict on grades. C's, unacceptable. This was not much of a problem for Madison, by the way. He got closer to straight A's. Uh, but, you know, you must do your homework. Homework comes before practice. Even to the point where there were times when he would actually go to practice, suit up, get all his pads on, but he was not allowed to do it. He had to do his homework first. Rules are rules. And, again, you know, you don't get a complaint out of Alexander Madison. That's just another thing to work on. Um... It was not an easy place way to grow up, but with the, the support of his parents and the support of, of his family as a whole, even his extended family who would you know put the family up when things were going rough, it was possible if you just had enough elbow grease. And once we get to that point, things aren't a problem for Alexander Madison anymore. And so as a result for all of, of all of this and then his size and athleticism that he kind of grew into and the work ethic and all of that, he was a re well-recruited kid out of high school. He ends up at um, 
Boise State, and then we kind of get the next chapter of Alexander Madison's life where he gets to work towards something where he can give back to his family and his community, which we see a lot of that now, uh, but we still have a long way to go until we get there. Moving on with this uh, Everyman series entry in the Lockdown Vikings podcast. Uh, Alexander Madison played all three of his years at Boise State, and then he entered the draft as early as he could. Played as a, as a true freshman, didn't get a lot as a true freshman, but got a ton of run the, the last two years. Um, and you may actually remember, but you might not have even realized that this was Alexander Madison. As he was coming out for the draft, um, he was in a picture with, you might remember, that was 2019, you might remember when DK Metcalf was coming out. Uh, and there was this picture of D- DK Metcalf like at the gym, just looking like yoked as hell. And he like just muscles on muscles. He just looked like a stack of circles. <laughs> and it was DK Metcalf like standing next to another guy, making that guy look really small. That guy was Alexander Madison. Go like go look up that picture. You'd be like, oh my God, that's Alexander Madison. I recognize that face now. Uh, and Madison is not looking bad in that picture, by the way. I mean, he looks like pretty... <laughs> jacked in that picture he's just standing next to adonis so it's kind of funny and and he would laugh he'll laugh this off if you ask him about it now like it's this thing where he, yeah he kind of like looked weird by comparison he wishes he wasn't that that wasn't him in the picture you know he wishes he was maybe standing two people over so he wasn't the guy that had to stand next to dk metcalf but it's all fun and jokes um but of course you know he he ends up here becomes a viking third round pick uh and he links up with dalvin cook and, you know, a, a lot of people see this. I saw something on Twitter earlier about uh, it was like the Seahawks running backs. It was Kenneth Walker versus they drafted Zach Charbonnet, I think, if I remember. Yeah, it was it was Kenneth Walker versus Zach Charbonnet. And that's this going to be this like competition, right, for snaps and stuff. And it was this fantasy analyst uh, talking about how, you know, well, Charbonnet is going to walk in. And he's going to see Kenneth Walker and he's going to be like super intimidated by this bat. And it's like coming in like these guys are two dudes like boxers going into a ring and competing. There is competition in, in camps. But when you're part of the same team, it's never as contentious as the, the, those kind of people want to make it out to be. And for Madison and Cook, they are best best friends you probably knew that already you probably saw them going off into the locker room together out of the locker room together pre-game warm-ups they're next to each other i mean these guys are like attached at the hip they hang out all the time they are true 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 best friends now and i think again you have to understand the base humility that Alexander Madison has because a lot of people, especially at the running back position where you're the guy with the ball, getting the glory, getting the yards, all that stuff. There's, I think a lot of young kids get used to the idea of being like the guy and then they have to go play second fiddle to a, you know, perennial pro bowler. Um, and that can be difficult. Never an issue at all for, for Alexander Madison. Um, he's, you know, firmly the backup for years and literally like until this weekend, it's been four years. That's tough. That's really, really tough to to have that humility, take that step back, be the guy in the backseat playing relief. And I think it speaks to a certain level of patience and humility that makes Alexander Madison who he is to have, you know, and, and it's not even, oh, you know, he just said all the right things in the media. He is genuinely so supportive of, of Cook and they're best friends. They're there for each other and they help each other and all that. Um, 
and make no mistake, RB2 is not a passive position. He has to get out there and get into the games. And, you know, sometimes he had to play weeks on end when when Dalvin Cook was or yeah, when Dalvin Cook was hurt. He had that great game his rookie year against Washington. He like ran like 16 times in a row and iced a game from eight minutes out. Amazing Thursday night football game. You might remember that one. That was an Adrian Peterson revenge game, and Alexander Madison ended up taking the spotlight. But I mean, it, it just harkens back to that six-year-old kid that wanted to play running back, but was like too shy to ask. You know, it's it's never for Madison. It's not about him, ever. That's probably the most important thing about Alexander Madison's like whole ethos that I think you have to understand to get to know him. But the second thing that you should know is his desire to give back. You know, Madison didn't, it's amazing. He didn't get a lot. (laughs) Like he does not have a lot that he owes to, to the world. There's a sense of community. He, he owes to, to his family, of course. But I mean, these guys were hand to mouth. This was not a privileged situation. And yet I think if you asked him and I, I haven't, but I think if you asked him, he would probably describe it as, you know, some as blessings that he feels thankful for. Um, since becoming an NFL player and being able to collect um on those contracts and stuff, he has uh had like his defining off field thing is the I am gifted program, which is a clothing line. You can go uh buy his cleats or shoes or whatever. Uh, and the I am gifted program. It seems like the impetus for this came back at Boise State when he was in college. Um, Boise State played this particularly back-and-forth, uh, hotly contested game against Washington State. Um, he never met the quarterback of Washington State that year, but he felt this sort of adversary camaraderie thing where you just these this respected, can't-wait-to-get-you-again kind of deal. But some of you might realize where this is headed that quarterback his name was tyler uh Helinski, and he took his own life later that year and even though they had never like personally they had no personal connection this really drove at alexander madison like it really hit him and from there there was like an obsession with mental health and awareness for mental health and talking and all this stuff there's this phenomenal profile from Lindsay young her getting open series if you haven't read it you should go read all of them uh but the one on alexander madison i'll, I'll link it in the show notes yell at me if i forget he would become a really strong advocate for mental health and he would start the i am gifted clothing line and the thesis of this is that everyone has a gift um, everyone has like their, their, whatever their talent is, they have something worth celebrating. Everybody does. And if you don't think that you do think harder because you have something right. Uh, and being able to find what that something is for you and really celebrate it, uh, is sort of the thesis of this whole clothing line. And I, I really like that. I love that. It, it honestly speaks to kind of why I do this series, the, the Everyman series, um, Alexander Madison was drafted the first year I started doing this, the first year I had this locked on Vikings. And I was thinking, man, what do I do in May and June? Well, what if I did backstories? And, and Alexander Madison was one of the first ones. And I kind of got into some of the parts of his story when I did this series, you know, that many years ago. And I thought, yeah, this is worth, this is something worth doing. Um, and I think the development of, of this series over the years, <laughs> you can kind of, uh, you can, attribute a little bit to Madison just generally being an inspiration. Um, I should also mention that 
his football camps in San Bernardino that he, he has some of those um, trying to kind of support the football community that helped him get out of that cycle of, uh, you know, when you live in a neighborhood like that. And maybe Madison can lead other kids down the path that he sort of forged. Um, like I said at the very beginning of the show, he has an opportunity. Uh, and that that family support network, you know, that that works both ways. He's helped his mom a lot over time. Um, his mom, when he was first drafted, actually went and moved to Minnesota and lived with him a little bit. And they all look out for each other. And now that Madison has this opportunity to really shine and really be a star, with that stardom, if he really does ascend the way that he has an opportunity to, the whole Madison's come up with him. And there is truly a beauty in that. Um, tomorrow's Twitter Tuesday. You can find uh, Google form in the show notes if you want to ask questions that way. You can also send an email to LockedOnVikingsPodcast at gmail.com. You can send them to me on Twitter at LukeBronNFL or at LockedOnVikings uh, or leave a YouTube comment and I'll find it there as well. I will see you all tomorrow. And as always, skull.